0: Hey, folks, Preet here. Big news out of Fulton County, Georgia. Donald Trump's co-defendants, Sidney Powell, Kenneth Chesbrough, and Jenna Ellis, have accepted plea deals and agreed to testify against Trump and the other defendants in the Georgia election interference criminal case. Meanwhile, a judge in New York fined Trump $5,000 for violating a gag order after a post attacking a court clerk remained on Trump's campaign website. And the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a case challenging South Carolina's congressional map as an unconstitutional racial gerrymander. Joyce Vance and I discuss all that and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we're sharing an excerpt from the episode with listeners of Stay Tuned. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership for just $1 for one month. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. We look forward to having you as a part of the Insider community. So let's begin talking about the pending case, the pending RICO case in Georgia, brought by district attorney in Fulton County. They are dropping like flies, I guess you could say. We're we're taping this at about 1045 AM on Tuesday, October 24th. And literally moments before we hit the record button, your forecast from your newsletter yesterday came true. Jenna Ellis, one of Donald Trump's lawyers, who people might remember, was on TV and in courtrooms everywhere talking about the stolen election, pleading guilty in Georgia. What do you make of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it didn't seem like a tough call to me because Ellis has been publicly complaining that she's out of money to pay her legal bills, that Trump isn't helping her, that she's had to crowdsource payment. And she had to be getting nervous with Sidney Powell pleading. They were, of course. On the stage together, Trump's big legal team. And so I think Ellis just faced a very simple decision. You know, did she want to continue to rack up legal fees and go to prison at the end of it? Or did she want to rip the Band-Aid off and plead now? She chose to rip the Band-Aid
0: off. So let's let's take a step back for a moment. Recall, Fani Willis charged 19 people in Georgia. Of the 19, as of this recording, and maybe there'll be more flies dropping before people listen to this podcast, Four have pled guilty, and notice I said pled have pled guilty, not pleaded guilty. It's pled guilty for everyone keeping score at home. Three lawyers and a bail bondsman, right? <laughs> Scott Hall. The bail bondsman was the first to plead a few weeks ago. At the end of last week, Kenneth Cheese, I call him Cheese Bro. I think his name is actually Chesbro. Kenneth Chesbro, Chesbro, one of Trump's lawyers. Sidney Powell, another one of Trump's lawyers, although he disputes the fact that she was ever his lawyer. And now Jenna Ellis. Is first question is. What's the significance of the fact that three of the four people who have pled guilty in a 19-person case were lawyers for the former president?
1: It just sort of boggles the mind, right? I mean, we're all living in the moment. It's hard to step back and look at it as an overview. I mean, Ellis, when she pleads today, says, If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. But the reality is that all of these folks, some of them, you know, well-educated lawyers— Kenneth Chesbro, a Harvard-educated lawyer who studied with and worked for Larry Tribe, these are folks who, for whatever reason, knowingly did what they did. They can have no excuse, no matter what they say now, that they weren't aware of what was going on. It's a real indictment in some ways, maybe not so much of the profession, but of what some lawyers are willing to do.
0: Yeah, they had free will. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. You don't have to do what your client tells you. There's a there's a quote. From Elahu root that I use in, in remarks to graduating law students a lot, which I'm paraphrasing here. It's something like, you know, half of a lawyer's job is to tell the client no, right? Lawyers are officers of the court and they're licensed in particular ways for particular reasons. So I don't, I'm not shedding any tears for any of these lawyers.
1: Not at all, because I mean the context is this, right? They were trying to overthrow an election. I mean, I know we've all sort of backed off of saying it was an insurrection and they were trying to commit a coup, but in reality, that's what this is all about.
0: So here's a question that people are asking and will ask. Case brought with great fanfare, nineteen defendants, many of them charged with racketeering, such as it is in Georgia. All of these four guilty pleas, Hall, Chesboro, Powell, and Ellis, are getting deals that call for nothing beyond probation. And many of the pleas, we can go through them one by one if we want, but you know, in general. They're pleading guilty to, you know, a portion of the things that they were charged with and no jail time for anyone. And people will ask the question, well, why, why is that? Does that mean the charges were weak? Is this an effort to just, you know, clear the path for having a more streamlined trial? Is this an exchange for their testimony against people like Giuliani and Trump and others or a combination of those things? Probably a combination, right?
1: I think that's right. I mean, two of them plead to misdemeanors, two to felonies. They're all eligible under Georgia's first offender status, which means that after they complete probation, their records are wiped clean. So these are, I think some people have called it slaps on the wrist. I think it's a little bit more. It looks to me like Jenna Ellis, at least, will lose her license to practice law in Colorado, where she's barred. But I think we have to understand this through the lens of Georgia criminal practice, and these deals are not out of step with the way Georgia handles similar cases. And Preet, there's sort of, I think, an interesting comparison here that I've been playing with. I'm curious how you react to it. So Jack Smith indicts Trump as a standalone defendant in D.C. on similar charges, right, the election interference conspiracy. He indicts only Trump. He's got, I forget, five or six unnamed, unindicted co conspirators who have not and may never face charges. That's the federal case. Bonnie Willis, on the other hand, indicts 19 people, some of them just internal Georgia figures, but a lot of the national figures, the Rudy Giuliani's, the Sidney Powell's, the Jenna Ellis's, the Mark Meadows of the world. And she's giving some of them very attractive deals, in exchange for cooperation, which, by the way, likely benefits Jack Smith, too. So if you compare the approach that Smith takes to the approach that Willis takes, I I think her approach looks pretty straight up. She is flipping defendants. She is gaining cooperating witnesses per the terms of the plea agreements. Some of their lawyers have tried to backpedal in public, so we'll see just how good of cooperators they are. But in reality, I'm not sure that there's a huge Amount of of daylight between her approach and Jack Smith's
0: approach. The one distinction between our practice in federal court at the U.S. Attorney's Offices and at Maine Justice, that's different from this, so it's a bit unfamiliar to me, is this question of have they flipped? What are they cooperating about? One distinction, as listeners may appreciate, is that an SDNY, if you're going to plead guilty and then agree to testify against other people in the conspiracy, you were required to plead guilty to everything that you've done, things that you were charged with and things you weren't charged with. So so nobody in SDNY, as a general matter, would get away with pleading guilty to a few misdemeanors when you're charged with felonies, and if the government continued to believe that you were guilty of those felonies. So that's distinction one. And second, there would be a formal written plea agreement, cooperation agreement, that sets forth your obligations about testifying, et cetera. Is it your understanding that any of these people have that kind of, you know, in black and white cooperation agreement?
1: Yeah, I mean, this looks very different to me from what we would do and from what the practice in in federal court in the Northern District of Georgia is. There are plea agreements that call for the defendants who've pled guilty to make statements and to continue their cooperation. At least for Sydney Powell, she gave a videotaped statement as part of her proffer before the government extended her plea to her. So I think that they do have these statements that they can use to hold these defendants accountable, but we don't really know what they're cooperating on. And I think that that's your point, because they're being permitted to plead to just a very limited charge. You know, I mean, they're pleading guilty to one charge when in some cases they're indicted in five or six counts plus the overarching RICO conspiracy that none of these defendants so far have been required to plead guilty to. And that, I think, is is a concern. So here's where I land on this. I assume that Fonnie Willis knows what she's doing, and I don't feel a huge need to second-guess her. I, th- I think she's been really on target so far. She just put her head down, investigated, brought her indictment, Faced a lot of criticism all along the way with people who thought she didn't know what she was doing. Now she's starting to get guilty, please. This is someone who has experience in RICO cases. I-, I think we are all nervous because the former president has eluded accountability in the legal system on so many occasions. But it looks to me like Fawny Willis knows what she's doing.
0: Yeah, I'm not necessarily second guessing her. I'm just noting, as we have many times on the show, how different Georgia is. The grand jury practice is different. The identification of grand jurors is different. You know, a lot of things are different. So, you know, I'm not an expert on Georgia state practice. So it's just interesting to me.
1: No, I mean, I get that you're not second guessing her. I think a lot of people are. I think it's important to note those distinctions and just to acknowledge that our discomfort may not mean that what she's doing is wrong.
0: Yeah. One of the reasons, and again, the Southern District is different from many other U.S. Attorney's Offices in requiring people to plead guilty to everything. And there are a number of reasons for that. One reason is the witness is better on cross-examination because the accusation that someone is making stuff up and and trying to get leniency and got a sweetheart deal is much tougher to make if you plead guilty to everything you were charged with. Here, the cross of these people when they testify against others will be, you know, you were charged with X, you were charged with Y, you pled guilty to some subset of that. You're not even going to jail. I don't know how effective this cross will be, but the, the implication will be that the jury You're saying anything that the government wants you to say because you got a sweetheart deal. And that's not fair to my client.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the problem in a nutshell, right? And of course, good prosecutors will put the witness on the stand and will walk through their deal and ask them the consequences if they lie on the witness stand. They lose their deal. But it's a lot easier, I think, with the sort of process that your district and mine use as opposed to what we see in in state court sometimes.
0: The other weird thing is as you point out, right, Jack Smith has a sort of overlapping case, factually overlapping with the Georgia case, right? Relating to election fraud. And the lead up to January 6th, Jack Smith has only charged Donald Trump. But other people, including some of these folks who have pled guilty, like Sidney Powell, Kenneth Chesbro, and Jenna Ellis, you know, still have exposure and could, you know, theoretically and arguably be charged at some point in Jack Smith's federal case. So the question will be, If people like Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis come into court and testify against others and in so doing testify truthfully and implicate themselves in wrongdoing, doesn't that hurt them and jeopardize them with respect to a potential case in federal court by Jack Smith?
1: Yeah, I mean, it just has to, right? Once once you dip your toe in the cooperation water, you can't draw distinctions unless these plea deals in Georgia are essentially meaningless, right? Like unless they literally have pled only to very limited Georgia-related charges without conceding any liability for the RICO scheme, for the conspiracy, for any of it. And and I just seriously doubt that's it. So look, the reality is that Jack Smith used to run the public integrity.
0: Thanks for listening. To hear the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership for just $1 for one month. That's cafe.com slash insider. To the many of you who have chosen to join the Insider community, thank you for supporting our work.